we did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicle Stories of the Supernatural. And the following is an interview that I did with Gina Benston from the Fox Den Block Talk radio show that's hosted also with DTM Wicked Radio. We spoke for two hours about everything and anything under the sun having to do with the paranormal. It was a great interview and a great host. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Enjoy. Behavior and health. She's a certified master hypnotist and considers herself a subconscious behaviorist. I like that. <laughs> she had a private practice for many years. At one time, she worked as an investigator for a state, a state level agency that we're not going to tell you the name of, that, we, that she's keeping in mind. Her first fiction book, Mirror Lover, a dark supernatural fantasy, will be released late August. That means it's out now. It's about I to. I, I, got a, I got a couple of weeks to extension because of this thing with Hurricane Dorian that, you know, got in the way of everything. Okay. So, yeah. Damn well. Okay. So it's on, it's on its way. It's almost there. Yes. Okay. Her yes. other book, Haunted City of the Old West, Wicked Ladies and the Bad Hombres They Loved, The Lady in the Blue Kimono, Film Noir Murders, Supernatural Safety, are all available on our website or Amazon a fourth non-fiction book and odd collection of old and obscure true ghost stories will be available at the end of 2019. You are a busy, busy girl. Yeah, I am, except when hurricanes get away. <laughs> I'm telling you. When we were talking about living in South Florida, yeah, nice weather, but every once in a while. Yes, because she, she was scheduled with me, was it last week? I'm not even sure, was last week, the week before? I can't even remember now. The week before, so, yeah, it was two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, and, and she had the um, hurricane coming through, so her power was down, and they said, well, your power could be on by, you know, such and such a time, but, you know, you, you don't know. What time did the power come back on, by the way? That day, like around nine-something, like nine, me and my husband, we just decided, you know what, let's go eat somewhere because... You know, and uh, they, 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 we were on one of those automated things where they let you know when it was back up about 9-something, a little bit after 9 p.m. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so we wouldn't have made that anyway. No, I know. But, you know, but I am. A, thank you for being with me. Thank you for working with me to get this um, rescheduled anyway. No, my pleasure. So I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah. So, so tell me about Miami Ghost Chronicles, and uh, you are the founder, and what do you do with that? Well, uh, this was, when I started out with Paranormal Investigations, this was before the advent of groups or teams. You know, you would usually get a couple of people together and, 
and things like that. And like I tell everybody, when I started doing them, I, I've always been a freelancer, which means I, would, I worked with a research foundation that worked with the state of Florida. And they would contact me when they had cases down in Miami or South, South Florida, or uh, if they needed help. And, you know, they, they would get together other teams uh, in a certain area. And, um, and that's how it basically became. I, I really, to be honest with you, I've never had members that belong to me. I've always worked with other groups, which I've, that's why I know a lot of people that are still in this field or had been in the field for a really long time. Uh, and back then, you know, you learned to keep a very low profile because when people actually got around to asking, because of course this was before reality TV and everything, these paranormal shows, people did not want any type of visibility that anybody was coming to their house because of right. something paranormal. It was like, don't, you know, hey, don't say anything to anybody. So once you got a reputation for being reliable and keeping your mouth shut, uh, and being professional, because of course people were letting you into their house, then you know you start getting called into more and more, and you network with other groups, and um, that's that's really how it worked. That I would I, I would work with a lot of different groups all through, mostly Florida, a few outside of Florida, but uh, and I was willing sometimes if I would travel a little bit if I had to, especially depending on the type of case. Or sometimes they would have a member that didn't show up. You know, they just needed that extra set of hands. So I would fill in whether it was a, because one of the protocols of that foundation was they had a two-step. First, it was a scientific investigation, find out if indeed there was anything truly paranormal. And then if there was, and they would go to step two, which is a separate investigation, when then it was, are we going to capture evidence? What What is it that we're looking for specifically? So I work both sides of that type of investigation. Yeah, that's, yeah I started out I started out years and years ago, too, working at, working with, like, two main teams. Mm-hmm. And then I got my own team. When I formed my own team, I didn't really have the time to do much with that because then I started doing other things. Right. And then away you know what I mean they're getting into the events and doing you know all that kind of stuff and the traveling and yes and now we um you know we have, we have ghost gears and you know you know how it is in having the shows mm-hmm. and um and we have ghost detectives so we're running around filming for that we just came back from Gettys you know and filmed this right. weekend so yeah it gets chaotic but it's good to have the good people in place right. and I like how you did that if um if you went into a location and there was something you know like a pre-investigation investigation mm-hmm. like I had to have a packet I'd have a yes. pack of papers that I would people fill out yeah I, it was kind of redundant I did it I did it you know and a lot thing. of times the the guy he you know that basically assigned the groups or would get a team together like pull people from different parts he would ask me Marlene could you do a pre-interview on the telephone let's start with that and see what they you know what what sense you get and then of course. We would have those questions, you know, and this was later on because I tell everybody I was doing investigations when you had to pay to develop film. You know, everybody goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was about the time that everything was digital. <laughs> you know, you had to actually pay to yeah. develop a roll of film. Uh, and um, I still have. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, they look at you like what? And it's like, yeah, you'd get a lot of like talk about <laughs> dark, you know, nothing there. It was like a black nothing. Um 
but uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the that's how you know, and, and of course, and I always like that approach. And that's as a matter of fact, I still work with them, Florida Paranormal Research Foundation, uh, because their approach was always first scientific, first on a separate investigation altogether. They did not do everything the same day. It had to be two separate, yep. and then they would go into the second one if it was truly to be found to be some type of indication that there might be something paranormal there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, okay, so tell me about, um, you, the, you, you produced um, the stories of the supernatural, you know, yes. um, interviewing people. Kind of so when is that on, and how can people see I, I Originally, my thought, I was thinking of doing, you know, a live show, but it got so difficult making it work with everybody's schedule. That I said, you know what? I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna be tearing my hair out. So I, I do it's a pre-recorded show and I release it once a week, and uh, I release it on podcast and then it goes eventually to YouTube, you know. Uh, but I I, I release oh. it both versions, and social media. That's how usually and uh, you know I I I basically announce you know I'm releasing a show today, but um, yeah and. There's a lot of people, like I said, that have been around for a long time, others that are more current. Uh, and I think it's, and like I'd say everybody, to everybody, paranormal is not just strictly the ghost stuff. There's a lot of things under the umbrella of the paranormal uh, that I find really interesting. Yeah, and um, I, I, that's, okay. I think, that's how I think, how, that, that's how I think people... Um, you know, sometimes you hear things that you've never been aware of having to do with some type of paranormal event. And that's because that's, oh yeah, it's almost like the internet now with this allows people to network before you'd have to wait for groups to get together or at a convention or something and people yep. would network and then they trade stories. And then, but now with right. this format, you're basically allowed to network and uh, talk about different things. Special, you know, it's certain yeah. groups have certain specialties. It's, but then you have, you know, like-minded people. That's one thing that's great, and that's yes. awesome when it works. But you have all the ego crazy people, oh, and yes. uh, you know, the people that you right. know dying to be a star, right? And it's just, you know, they bring bring us down. No matter how many steps forward we take, it, it can. It's so easy to drag the whole field back ten steps right. by just a, a couple negative people in the field you know doing what they well, do well this or, is or bashing people yeah and and this is why i tell everybody you know because remember uh and i tell everybody when i started doing this talk about low profile one of the things that that you were that that, that how can i say that you were told when you were going is you're not a, don't please don't talk about this these people don't want a van putting pulling up in their driveway and a bunch of people pouring out of it with equipment <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 50 cameras coming in. The cameras you know, or you know, you've got a van in. with a ghost, whatever, the something paranormal. Back then, people were like, no, 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 no. Uh, don't, don't, you know, it was like, you're not going to talk to anybody about this, right? You're going to, and people don't realize that there was a time where people really legi legitimately, whether they really had something uh, yeah. supernatural or not going on, they didn't want yeah. their neighbors to know. Sometimes they didn't want yeah. their family to know. I mean, like outside their, their home. Uh, and they were very cautious yeah. about bringing anybody yeah. to, to do an investigation. Yeah, yeah, 
like I said, when I have that stack of paper, it's like, you know, can I publicize this or not, you know? Sure. Um, so that I've gotten great stuff uh, that I can't yes. put out there, great evidence, great, yes. really cool stuff that happened, but, um, but they mm -hmm. didn't want to publicize, so you yeah. don't, you know, and you yeah. respect their, their privacy. You know? that's, yeah. that's what it's about. It's about helping them, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you have to do that. Yeah, well, yes, and, and, and that's the thing, the, 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 is I've gotten contacted through the years, way back in like 03, 04, when they were starting to develop some of these reality TV shows. And I got contacted and I was like, yeah, yeah I got a, I got boxes of cases, but I cannot betray the confidentiality that these clients have placed right. in me. And, and, and I hate to say it, but some of the most disturbing cases are the ones, you know, in these private homes versus, you know, the location yeah. that everybody goes to. They're supposed to be haunted. Uh, yeah. Some of these in private yeah. homes are the ones that really are disturbing. And there's something that sometimes has been that the family has been dealing with for years. And then just something's happened. And for some reason, it's escalated to the point that they had to finally reach out for help. Uh, and I hate to say this, not all the time. Sometimes they've been turned away by clergy uh, when they've gone to look for help in yeah. that area. And they yeah. kind of come that, and, and, and it's almost, I want to say, I'm not saying now, I think it's a little bit more mainstream now, but back then it was like almost ashamed. Like I'm stepping, I'm stepping outside of my church because they didn't want to help me, but I, I can't stay. I don't know what to do. Okay. Help me. Yeah. And. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, did you ever, um, with the, with the hypnotherapy that you do, mm -hmm. did you work on the cases with that? Okay, the, I, I worked regular hypnotherapy, which is like stop smoking, uh, you know, healthy habits, but I also worked a lot in alternative hypnosis. I did past life regression, age regression. I did what they call spiritual attachments, okay, which is um, basically when you have some type of attachment of a spirit within your aura. And the thing is this, when you when you go on an investigation and you've got to be really careful how you handle that because of the setting to hypnotize somebody. I have done it, but it's always, I've done it a couple of times, but it's always been in a very controlled setting. And, um, I kind of knew what to expect, but you have to be careful because sometimes because when you have somebody that comes into your office and they're going to be hypnotized, you kind of do a little bit of, sitting there and talking with them beforehand with, with questions that are particular to what mm -hmm. you're going to do with them. Okay. But mm -hmm. sometimes yeah. in an investigation, either you don't have the setting is not right. People sometimes don't want to be hypnotized in front of other people because for some reason they believe they're going to spill out dark secrets, which they're not. Um, so sometimes they're yeah. so uptight that they, they, it's just, they don't want to do it. But, but even if that was not the case, you have to be careful how you handle that, uh, especially because the people I've done it with have had very dark attachments. I've had people with attachments, not only that are human, but non-human. And I'm going to use the word non-human, not in order to use the D word <laughs> as in demon, which everybody throws around like uh, for, for, you know, like crazy, right? Yeah. For the shock. And yeah. I've had that. I've had that in my office. Yeah. I've, I've seen that. And uh, part of spiritual attachment works with that. Okay, uh, some people say it's not, it's not an exorcism, it's not, it's just. We did it again. 
Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. And sometimes the spiritual attachment is a human spirit that's enmeshed in that person's aura uh, that got attached somehow. Right. Sometimes it's even a loved one and they can't get out. Once they get in so close into your aura, they can't leave if they want to. Sometimes the attachment, let's say if it's a loved one, comes about uh, because they want to comfort, let's say, the person that that's alive. And the person that's alive is yeah. saying, don't leave me. And then... You know, that fresh yeah. grief and then later on that spirit is enmeshed and it becomes a real problem. And sometimes, you know, you've heard of widows or widowers that when they're ready to move on, they can't because they still feel bound to their spouse that's deceased. And they can't seem to get on with their lives or they can't attract uh, a new person. Uh, sometimes what's in the background is an attachment. Uh, I've seen that, yeah. uh, and I've seen it. It, it. it could also be an attachment with no type of familial, not even knowing the person. And then, of course, you also have um, non-human entities, and I've I've had those as well. Uh, as far as and, and I have seen people transform themselves uh, before me. You know, as far as the contortions, voice change, uh, writhing around. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've seen all of that. So that's why I'm saying you do that when you're talking um, hypnosis on a paranormal investigation, unless you really, really know what, if anything, is there. And then if it is, if there is something supernatural, what is it? Are we talking a regular yeah, dead, you know, dead person? How's that? Or, or do you have something more malevolent? Yeah, yeah. Because if you do have something more malevolent, exactly. then... How can I say? You have to be really careful when you converse with something dark. Or someone else that to actually take over possession-wise as opposed to just an attachment, which is something like kind of... I think I think of it as an attachment as something that's, you know, like kind of glued on to you, but right. it's not like possessing you, you know? Right. But a possession, you know, you have to... And when you're open, if you're not grounded, and you're not shielded, and you're not protected, then you're open that kind of attack and um you know i don't think anybody should go on an investigation public or private or you know in right. your groups or your teams or whatever without that kind of protection in place right and yeah. some people whether think it's, you, know, and it's, you never know sometimes you know as well as i do that sometimes you want investigations and you just it's a big surprise it's like that forrest gump moment you never know what you're going to get uh and you might right? be thinking it's a regular <laughs> dead person and all of a sudden you realize, yeah, there's that plus something very dark behind the scenes is, you know, actually participating in what's going on in the house. And um, that's what I'm saying. It, it's definitely, it's not for a hypnotist that has little or no experience with this. I'll say tell you that much right now. Okay. Uh, sometimes I'll tell you what, sometimes you put... I'm sorry, what? To, to get rid of an attack. 
I was just wondering if you would use that at, you know, if you were at an investigation, someone mm -hmm. got an attachment there, if you would use that, remove it before you, like, say at the end or, you know, let me tell you something. You, if, if you, before you if, left. An attachment's not going to attach to you that quick that you would need hypnosis. It's not going to enmesh in your aura that quickly. Okay. And if you, as a matter of fact, okay. most people that get so, attachments don't realize it. Let's say you go to an investigation, right? And something funky happens, but mm -hmm. as far as being an attachment, sometimes you don't realize it till maybe days or weeks later where so things have all of a sudden like, really? And then you have to look at, okay, how did that attachment, wh where did you have some type of weakness in your aura that allowed that attachment to, in other words, that entity to become attached? They can influence you, you know, they can try to attach to you, they can influence you, but there's a difference between yep. influence yep. and actually being going to go into your aura and become an attachment. That's different because the influence, yeah. it, it, I mean, let's face it, this is what I tell everybody. You can go on an investigation to this place that's known to be haunted with this, whatever. But when you have a group of people trying to communicate with the dead, and there's a very good chance that more than one of them is sensitive, even though I think after a while, everybody develops into a sensitive to some degree or other. So you have a bunch of people running around trying to communicate with the dead. Guess what? Do you think that it's only going to be limited to any entities that are there? No. Any entity that's free floater that's not tied is going to show up. And, and you yeah, know, and, their friends too, and say, "Hey, there." Well, in the, in the metaphysical <laughs> level, it you know you never that it's in other words sometimes you know on investigations you will get EVPs or you will get things phenomena that even the people that are living there are saying oh we've never had that happen or or that's oh, yeah. that's weird oh, yeah. and then really what it is is yeah. somebody that just dropped in because of the investigators running around trying to communicate yeah. or someone yeah someone could be just passing through you know in general you could be on some kind of ley line you could you know they of could course just be of course there's a big along, uh, like, there's like, a lot of uh things that could how, how can i say that are circumstantial that sometimes it's even an anniversary thing you know you're there the right day or not you know uh yeah. oh yeah oh yeah yeah go to a place and they say oh my god you know my keys are missing and my glasses are missing and mm -hmm. my this is you know all this stuff you go there and absolutely nothing happens but then you go there the next day and all those things happen exactly you know? um exactly yeah so you never never know you know and they could sit back and they could be watching you you yes. know and and sizing you up too so you know it's good to go you know more than once <laughs> you know yeah um so you get the feel of it and do your interviews and get you know used to the house what i would do too i would kind of go into the house and i would actually kind of sneakily drop a digital recorder like already recording mm -hmm. and drop it and then just keep walking the right. spirits wouldn't see me do that trying to trick Spirits, you know what I mean? Because right. they talk to each other, and you'll yes. be talking to each other, going, you know, well, what do they you know? And who said they could come here? You know, stuff yes. like that. You yes. know, um, it's uh, you know, it's 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 all your in your techniques. Now, what about like equipment? Um, what kind of equipment do you like? I to use? well, originally, like I said, I started when it was like cameras and basically uh, taking base readings of, um, you know, temperature. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Also, EMF. Even though you got to be really careful with EMF, depending where you're at, 
So there's a lot of things that can give you false positives with the EMFs. Um, I don't know. I'll work with it. But, man, I've seen EMF readings that didn't make sense. Uh, and, I mean, even if you have, you know, one of those, um, you know, not the electrical plants, but, you know, the ones where they have a station where, like, a, a if it's X amount of distance from the house, you will pick up readings from it. Oh, it could oh be yeah. And EMF through like concrete it goes through stuff you know you really can't shield from it you can protect yourself from it yes. if you have really high emf there's there's definite there's stones and things that you can get to protect yourself right. because it can affect you yes uh, physically but um but you really can't block it from coming into the house you know yeah um yeah. i did I, oh example i did this place i'm going to use my accent the dark horse <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> but dark horse for all you people that don't speak um, Massachusetts, okay? But we were we were doing an investigation there, and there was a place between where the bar girls were working the bar and the back restaurant area, and there was a point of sale machine right there. And then there was a, a panel for this huge building, and the electrical panel was in the corner over there too. Between that panel, but the you know the the mel meter. <laughs> was reading over 900 and uh, it went up to 900 and something on the POS thing um, right. between the two. And they were wondering why are they fighting all the time between uh -huh. the bar staff and the, and, the, uh, and the kitchen. It's like, well, yeah, because you're getting blasted with EMF every time you're talking to each other. So, yes, it will affect you. And then you walk by the electrical box, there's, like, there's nothing blocking that. The EMF was, like, off the charts right there, too. And it was, like, creating this big vortex thing there. I right. actually took um, Chris, Chris, uh, my my ex, my partner here that was on the show, Chris George, you know, him and a few other psychics there, and they were just like, oh my god, and, and you can't you can't get rid of them, the spirits there, because they're fed by all this EMF and right. all this energy, uh -huh. and it's so much. There's nothing that you can really do about it, but you know, try to work with them and live with them. Right, and that's the know? thing. You have to be real careful with the equipment that you use, as far as that you understand that sometimes the readings you get depends. I believe it or not, one of my best things, and they're kind of, if you want to look at it as far as equipment's concerned, it's on the primitive side, but the guy, they're accurate as far as I'm concerned is dousing rods. I've been using dousing rods for a yeah. long time and dousing rods have, if, if you're trying to find, you know, as far as communication, you're limited to like yes or no kind of questions because obviously they can't answer back. And, but, if you have the time, you man, communications with dowsing rods is excellent, excellent. Uh, also, as far as pointing to areas where stuff is going on, yes. I was just showing my. I, I found one. My, my my bag of equipment is like right is right next to me. Sorry, excuse me, pardon me. But um, yeah, my bag of equipment is right there because we just got back from investigation. I actually didn't use my dowsing rods this weekend, but I do like them, and uh, you know. Yes. Especially when you're trying to get some, some quick. When you can feel the energy, then I'll use them. Right. You know? Like I can, right. And sometimes but, it's confusing. Sometimes when you go to certain areas and you just want to say, okay, I, I, I want to pinpoint exactly where the source of this energy is from. Okay. And the mm -hmm. dowsing rods will help you uh, kind of like go to yeah. where is this coming from? And like I said, I've had mm -hmm. communication-wise, to me, I've had excellent results with that. 
Uh, it, but I've had my dowsing rods, I want to say, for like 15 years. And like all equipment, I believe it or not, yeah. there's especially with this, when you work with a piece of equipment like that, even though, of course, there's no machinery attached to it, uh, there's something that that it works with you and not anybody else. <laughs> That's the only thing I can say. It's Yeah, you know, when you have your equipment, yeah, and you can put your energy into the things. And a lot of mm -hmm. people are doing different things with dowsing rods. Too, like the handles and whatnot. I mean, I just got basic copper, a basic little plastic thing yes. on there, and yes. that's it. You know? Yes, and mine are very simple. Taken. But when they start, that's taken. And Megan says a friend recently used dowsing rods on his job to locate water sources underground. They work perfectly. And they do. I mean, because that's yes. what, you know, what it was actually designed for. But then yes. we just, you know. I, I, let me tell you one time, my, 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 my son, this was a few years ago, and he this is my absent-minded professor son you know the one that's so smart but he's absent-minded he uh he couldn't find one of his work checks and it was like brandon i'm gonna kill you so he's like mom i i can't find it of course his room was like uh and i went over there with the dowsing rods and i said <laughs> i need to find the check well i found an another check he had lost that was behind his computer desk in other words it took me to the check okay not the one he had lost another one yep okay and yep. it was that that's yep. and that was incredible to me that it will even you can that's, even use yeah. it for paper for something that uh it doesn't have to be out in the earth or mineral or water or anything like that yeah. or you can ask your spirit friends to help you because they're not always bad they can be helpful yes um my my house passed away in my my house in massachusetts and he would help me all the time um, I had wore, wore his ring on my thumb one time, and I went out, and I was doing a big job, you know, I was doing tiling and painting and all this kind of everything, and I came in, and I was taking all the tape off a tarp, and I threw it in the bin, and I didn't realize that the ring had come off on there, oh. and, I, you know, I, I was crying, I was like, oh my God, I lost his ring, you know, and this was shortly uh -huh. after he passed away, and my brother says, he was on my team at the time, he says, why don't you get out the digi and ask um, ask Mark where it is. So I did. And he told me, it's in the bin. So I go downstairs and I was all excited. I'm like, yay, it's in the bin. But the wow. whole freaking workshop was nothing but bin. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, I'm going, ah. And I was just emptying all my stuff into the bins. It could have been in any bin. But I looked over at the basket, which was at that time a bin, because right. I crushed my basket. So it was right on the top, right there. Wow. So, you know, spirits can be helpful. They and not always horrible. And that, that story is, um, and another one too, um, is published in one of Joni Mahan's books, um, Signs, okay. of, Signs of Spirit. Yeah, and it's really cool, you know. So you can, you know, you can, if you lose something in your house, I mean, it could be because of the spirit taking it, but if you lose something and you know you, you have this people around or you feel like you might have loved ones around, just say, hey, you know. For the ones going above and beyond. For the ones reaching out, helping out, and lending a hand. For the ones people count on. You can count on Granger. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. Backed by 24-7 customer support and specialists to help with hard-to-find products. Because you've got everyone's back. We've got yours. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. <laughs> We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. 
proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. You know where my keys are. <laughs> but you know what the, the difference is, though, Gina? I, it's, it's, when you have any glasses and, and, oh, no. and when they're not right here? <laughs> of course, but see, there's a difference when you ask them for help, but they're not bound. They don't haunt you. You, you see what I'm saying? They're not stuck, and that's sometimes what yeah. people don't realize. Uh, it's There's a difference between yeah. a loved one that can help you out, but they're not bound to the earth plane. Uh Right. No, no. That is a big thing. They cannot be there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it is fascinating. But, I mean, I, I, I kind of needed him around, um, you know, at the at the very beginning. But then I was just like, okay, you know, all right, I got it. I got it. You know, I, I really want you to move on. You know, I really want yeah. you to, um, you know, be at peace and go to the other side, be with your family, you know, because his mom and dad were over there, you know, a lot of stuff. And he loved his family more than anything. So I'm like, yeah, just, you know, I'm good. I'm good. You know? Yeah. And that, that After takes... After a while. He, I, you know, he still, he still pops in on me once in a while. But yeah, that's different. I that's different. Like... I, think, I think all family members, they do that, you know, just to, oh, yeah, you're okay. All right. You'll work it out. Don't worry. <laughs> they, that's different. That's yeah, totally different. Yeah. Yeah. I think but I think that funny, you know, that that when you're on the other side, story. you can see the around the curve of the road, and you can figure out that this person, you know, that they're going to be able to handle it, or that it's hey, it's your time. You're going to have to do this, and yeah, I can help you, but you know that thing about choice, you know, your free will kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of times, That's really. And uh, sometimes people don't don't realize that that that's the way it works with family members that have passed away. They're around and they might want to help you, and they can help you up to a certain point, but they can't interfere with your free will. If let's say you are dead set on making a bad decision, you know, it's like, well, you know, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's like um, I mean, you know, psychics. Okay, psychics. And empaths and all that, you can pick up on it, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I know when the spirit's in the room. I can hear them come in the room. Sometimes right. I can see them. You know what I mean? Right. But, um, I try not to, to go there. I try not to develop that so much because I, I like my equipment, you know? Um, but some people can't. And then you get, and this is how you get things happening in your house, okay? Yes. So some people that aren't empaths, that aren't psychic at all, you know, mm -hmm. oblivious. And then the things are happening in your house. Well, that's because someone's trying desperately to get your attention. And it doesn't yes. mean it's a demon. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> it know. It could mean that you know, Aunt Martha is trying to tell you that she left you some shares to stock in the, you know, right. such, such a place. You know, you, you right. don't know what it is. It could be anything, you know. Yes. And, um, and a lot of people will get night terrors, too. Oh, yeah. You know, um, because when you're in bed, they'll say, oh, my God, I wake up and there's something hovering over me. Well, yeah, because, you know, that's the time that they can actually get through to you mm -hmm. because that's the, your REM sleep part, you know. Now, this is what I want to ask you about this and what happens in hypnosis. When you get to that REM sleep part, mm -hmm. and that's when you kind of forget and you, you leave all your day-to-day -day, um, 
stuff that boggles your brain and bogs you down, like, oh, my God, i got to get the kids to here, to school, to soccer, my job, my relationship, my whatever. All that's gone. And then you're able to hear. So a spirit will know this and will try to talk to you then. So they're not really, you know, again, they're not doing anything bad hovering over you. Again, they're trying to get your attention. You know, there's something that they want to tell you. Now, can you bring a person during hypnosis to a point like that? where your mind can be that clear. Well, this is one of the, um, because see, this is the thing. When you're, in the, when you're hypnotized, you don't fall asleep. Now, one of the instructions that you give somebody when you start putting them under hypnosis is that when they go to sleep, they will go down to REM level. The reason why you go down to REM level is that this is when you clear out your mind, okay, from everything you did during the day. Basically, yeah. it's like you clean out house in your brain, you know, and then sometimes, yeah. if you remember, not all the time, if you remember just when you have those dreams that are really symbolic, weird stuff, weird people, weird things, that's your subconscious talking to you. Your subconscious talks to you in symbols. Okay? So when you yeah. go into that deep level of REM, that clears out your brain. So that's one yeah. of the instructions you give a lot of people that they'll say they'll sleep, but, uh, you know, because they're never going down to REM. Now, when you bring somebody down into hypnosis, you're never asleep. Now, they are so relaxed. And basically what you do is you turn off that filter that you have between your conscious and your subconscious mind. That filter is the one that second guesses everything, turns it off so that sometimes you're, you allow yourself to see and understand things that you haven't. And and as a matter of fact, in depending on the person, uh, they can actually see if they have an attachment themselves. Basically, they're scanning their body. That's why you have to be real careful because some people will see something that really wigs them out even though it's been with maybe with them for years. Okay, I had a guy one time, a young man, who came to see me and um, among other things, he I, I told him, okay, we're, I want you to start scanning yourself. And all of a sudden, he says he looked out through his eyes and he had his grandmother's face uh, right up to his face. In a metaphysical plane you know she could see her she was attached to him but she had her face right up like if you know if you grab somebody was put your face right up to their face and he saw this yeah, under hypnosis yeah. and he was like he did he, he wicked him out a little bit but at the same time it was his grandmother but it was like huh yeah now think of that as if, if it was someone that you don't know right and th- yeah, which can happen as well it can happen as well, happen as well. but yeah. In other yeah. words, and sometimes you see them in different parts of your body. Sometimes attachments will not look like people. They might look like animals. They might look like colors. Uh, and then when you push and you start asking it and you start getting it, then they start transforming and then they will show themselves as to what they really do look like. Because they try to disguise themselves. Mm. Depending. Depending. Some attachments are ready to let go. They're like ready to like, let me go. Get me out of here. Get, let, you know cross me over and then there's others that are do not want to they don't want to let go so they'll disguise themselves as sometimes you'll see people say well i see this um a black dog or a black mass or a brown thing or whatever and then when you there's it's a process and then finally you get it to show itself what is it that you're looking at uh you will have people that will have attachments of human and non-human and what these non-human entities will do, depending on the level of intelligence, is they kind of push the human entities forward. Like, okay, yeah, there's your attachments. 
get rid of them. Yeah, and and those hanging on. And they hang on. Uh, and they keep yeah. quiet, like in the background. You do have that sometimes. Right. right. And sometimes the attachments, right. the human attachments, will tell you that there's something else there. Okay. That would be um, nice. I've had, I've even done it with people that have hard, had a hard time uh, to stop smoking. And I've, I've had some that have attachments of smokers. And I find them. And I take them through a process and I tell them, open the door and tell me what you see. And they'll tell you, this is the, this is what's making me smoke. And it's an attachment. It's not, wow. it's not the, I did the, that. I did, I did stop smoking one point and it worked. Yes, it does. It I started does. smoking again because of a fight with my first husband, but you know. <laughs> well, you know. Because I went well, up, but, um, how long, had but it, it, how, how it long did you go without smoking? I went, it was like years. It was about five years I went without smoking, and then wow. I started again. And then I quit again cold turkey. I quit. But um, I didn't think I could do it cold turkey at first. And, and the hypnosis, the guy, he actually kind of tricked me into being hypnotized. How do you, you know? do that? And yeah, doing doing like different things and saying you know like um, the balloons were floating up. You you'll feel your arm floating up and you know all these kinds of things. And then all of a sudden it was like poof, you're under. It's like whoa, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, walk you through your day like you'd ask you about your day. Walk through your day with cigarettes. Walk you through your day without cigarettes. You know. Right. And um, and it was, and it was really cool. I don't really remember it because it was <clears throat> many many years ago. Right. Well, you know, what What happens is that the majority of smokers that I've worked with, which, by the way, by the time they get to use because they've tried just about everything and it hasn't worked, right. Um, right. their identity is linked. They see themselves as a smoker. So when you tell somebody, I'm going to take away part of your identity, that's why they really resist. Because you would think, well, you're giving up smoking. Then, no, what you're asking them to give wait. up is their identity. And the weight, you know, and and it's like, oh my God, I I smoked three packs a day when I quit the last time. So I smoked that much. I mean, wow. I couldn't do anything without a cigarette hanging out of my mouth or in my fingers. You know, my yeah. fingers were yellow, my fingernails were yellow. It was horrible. Like my house smell. I hated it. You yeah. know, and um, I would get uh, bronchitis, um, bronchitis yearly, and then I went to walking pneumonia. Then I got pneumonia, and wow. then I remember waking up one morning. I had a cigarette in my hand, had matches in my hand, and then lighter at the time I had matches. And I was coughing up this crap because I had pneumonia. Oh, and I'm wow. going, God, I wish I had this so I could get my cigarette lit and start my day, you know, as I'm sitting right, on the edge yeah. of bed. And then the epiphany, you know, hit me, and I'm like, wow, how crazy is this? So I crumpled up the cigarettes, I threw them away. I said, well, that's it. I'm already sick. I might as well just go through it. So you got two weeks of absolute hell. Yeah. And that's it. You know, the withdrawal symptoms will leave you after the two weeks. And, um, you know, that's the way I did it. And, I mean, because I was already sick. Cause I, I'm like, but you know what? What's really what funny is everybody thinks it's the nicotine and it's not. The nicotine is out of your body real quick. It's a psychological part. That's really weird. But, yeah, well. That's the difficult yeah. part. Yeah, it was. But, yeah, it was pretty much two weeks. And then I did. I did. I chewed on a lot of straws and pens and pencils and whatnot. But I did it. And uh, and I've not picked up a cigarette since. Now a cigar, on the other hand, ah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll smoke cigars. And I'll, again, I'll say it with my my accent. Uh, yeah, no dying allowed. No, <laughs> no. Let me ask you something, allowed. just out of um, curiosity. This is the hypnotist in me. Do you get sweaty palms if you're nervous? 
No, I get um, red face and like, my my head will sweat. <laughs> okay. But my palms, not so much now. Okay, but no. Okay, and that's, okay. You know, you, you, Gina, you walk around very. You could you could you could go into hypnosis very easily. As a matter of fact, I bet you you walk around hypnotized most of the time. And you didn't know it. <laughs> I can tune a lot. <laughs> well, no, believe it or not, you know what it is. I, I, you know, I, I, and it's happened to everybody. You know, like, let's say you're going home, let's say from someplace. All of a sudden you get home and you don't remember the ride. Like, all of a sudden you're home. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm here yeah. and I don't remember the drive. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened? <laughs> you were, that's hypnosis. You were under hypnosis. Everybody thinks it's hypnosis that you're sitting and you got your eye closed and it looks like you're sleeping. Or No, you're under hypnosis. You can be hypnotized. And have your eyes open and of course you're doing something that's very familiar to you you know driving and especially if it's a route that you take a lot where basically yep. and uh you know that you could you know anxiety will put you there getting scared will put you there uh, and uh, certain beats of music will put you there that's why when you go to the movies they have certain um film scores that sound great but they have louder? a but it's not even the loudness it's a certain tempo that will put you under. You don't know it. And you're thinking, man, this is such a great movie. <laughs> you're immersed in the experience. I have, I have. I've been so tired. I used to go to the movies with my kids. And I think, I don't remember what it was. It was uh -huh. some kind of Star Wars things or something. I don't know. But there was all kinds of banging and blowing up and things, shooting people and everything. And I'm snoring away. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna tell you something. If you look at all these big blockbusters, like you know Indiana Jones, Star Wars, all these movies, and take away the film score, and tell me how. I mean, I'm not taking away from the acting or you know all the effects and all, but think if you were watching that movie without a film score, what what would be? It would be like oh, it's a good movie, but. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of ways to put somebody under a level of hypnosis. There's different degrees of the hypnosis. But um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're 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 you can you're easily hypnotized, which is sometimes good, and sometimes you know you got to put it up your filter. That's one of the things I would do a lot with my clients, is at the end I would yeah. I would lock the door to so their subconscious mind. I would lock it so that it, yeah. they wouldn't either they wouldn't get negative you know negative stuff wouldn't go in there even even from advertising or from you know people saying stupid stuff, you know uh, that filter would be up. <laughs> So, because sometimes it happens yeah. to a lot of people, a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, it's really, it's really right. unusual. But as far as hypnosis and the paranormal, it's, uh, it depends when you start going into, um, I've done past life regression and you, one of the things with past life regression is sometimes you will go into the past life regression of an attachment. All of a sudden you're thinking, you're doing a regression on the person and who you're really all of a sudden you real in the process who you're regressing is the past life of the attachment and that's another thing people don't realize right. you can have an attachment that if will follow you from one incarnation to the other or you can have something that's called a piggyback if you had yep yep you know in other words two for the price of, of one like kind of deal um, yeah. So yeah, it, 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 it's, 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 it, that's why I called it alternative hypno hypnosis. Uh, mm. it's very, and by the way, it can explain a lot 
uh, when people have either physical symptoms, oh, yeah. uh, you know, certain yeah. illnesses, a certain phobias, phobias. I would treat people for phobias. Fears, fears, you understand where they came from. I, I, I'm afraid of dogs because when I was a kid, I got bit up. That's you, you, you understand why you're afraid. There's people that have phobias that they don't know why I have this phobia. And that's right. when we would do the age regression because sometimes it's in that this present lifetime doesn't necessarily have, they just don't remember it and their brain has blocked it out because first it was very traumatic. All right, and your mind will do everything right. it can to keep you sane. Sometimes you don't have to go to another lifetime. Sometimes it's in this lifetime, and then that work starts where, and that's where you have to be careful sometimes where you pull somebody into observer mode, depending on how traumatic it was. And some, that recognition of what it was is what actually gets them out of the phobia. Yeah. Uh, Sharon's asking, have you ever had someone that couldn't be hypnotized? Uh, no, I've had people I wouldn't hypnotize. And okay, the, the most, there's, there's different types of suggestibility. There's pe people go into hypnosis under different, the, the most difficult are what you call the analyticals. They're the kind of people that you tell them something and they're like, oh, what, what, you know, they're, they're over analyzing every syllable and basically you hypnotize them to where they're actually hypnotizing themselves. You, they're, tell they're telling themselves. <laughs> It's, it's a way to put them under where they're basically, and they trust themselves. How's that? <laughs> they don't overly <laughs> analyze yeah. every little word. And before you know it, they're under. And then there's certain things that you can do to somebody when they're hypnotized, that they realize they're hypnotized. Like tell them, open their eyes and they can't open their eyes. And that shows them you're, you're under mm. hypnosis. Because sometimes, especially if the person has never had an experience with being hypnotized. Uh... Or they have misconceptions. There's people that I would not hypnotize. Number one, certain medications for certain mental illnesses, I would not hypnotize that person. Or certain mental illnesses. And by this, that's very rare. These I'm talking about severe mental illness. Uh, I would not hypnotize them. But I would say just about everybody. From the person, what they call the somnibalists, the, the ones that, like, they'll, they, you, you snap your finger at them, they're out. They're done. They're, like, 10th degree in <laughs> to the over analytical type where you got to basically give them instructions to where they're telling themselves to be hypnotized and to relax and to drop down and to drop down and to drop down. And then you, you give them instructions where they realize you're hypnotized and nothing's happening to you. You just really relax and then they let mm. go and then they let go. Those people though, I'll tell you that much with, uh, those over analytical ones for let's say past life regression, I would have to do two steps with them. I would have to hypnotize them first. Then they would see what it felt like. And then they felt okay and comfortable with it. Then I would bring them back out and I would hypnotize them again and drop them back down far enough to start doing regression because they would be too caught up. And I don't know what they were thinking that was going to happen to them, but yeah. So, it's, now, do you believe in stuff like karma? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do. I that, do. You know, that's a, that's a thing, Greg, you know, for if you don't get this thing right, you know, however many lifetimes, you know, you're, you're deemed to repeat and repeat and repeat until you get it right. And I think that this would be a great tool to actually kind of rid yourself of this, you know, right. karmic I, nightmare. You I know? think it, it's... 
sometimes how can I say you know there's karma and sometimes there's circumstances because we you know we you know you don't live by yourself you, there's circumstances that sometimes happen to you that you have no control over or that you have people around you and you know that there's that theory that we are with the same group of people over and over again plus or minus a few cast you know members of the cast basically you're all in the yeah, same yeah. repeating and sometimes you do the right thing and you don't do the right thing and you don't get it right uh and sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be something extreme you know um it's just something that i think you recognize on a soul level i can do better than this because everybody thinks you have to be some some horrible person that you're gonna have to come back um not necessarily sometimes there's things in your soul that you think i need to understand this better and and every and i guess everybody's got their own different program everybody's got their own i don't know what you want to call it yeah i think their own program i think everyone changes of course yeah when you're going through your life you know how your perception where you are mentally mm -hmm. physically um metaphysically scientifically i think you go through phases and you know like when you get i think in your 20s you analyze everything i think when you start getting into your 30s you're getting a little bit more relaxed you know once you're in your 40s now you're really getting like oh yeah there's so much more to this and then wow you wow. know there's so much more on these waves and everybody's connected and you're getting into all the you know more metaphysical things you know it's like it, that's just been my i'm not saying that is right. you know, the thing okay i'm just saying and my um perception of the people that have been around me it's just my what i'm noticing well you know what are. and 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 to me i think that as you grow older because i think the younger you are the more you believe in absolutes <laughs> it's either black or white yeah. true or lie you yeah, know like that, that kind of thing yeah oh we're never gonna live till 40 that's real old you know right and then <laughs> yeah. as you yeah. grow older and you start experiencing life and you know if you have if you you know you get married and your job and children all the things that happen to you as you know whatever whatever your choices are as far as your life is concerned you start realizing man there's a lot of grades that not everything is a one size fit all like it's either this or that you know right yeah you, know, you kind of think okay right. Uh, all right so you don't you learn not to take things like some don't get me wrong there's certain things that they're wrong they're wrong or what's right is right but you realize yeah. circumstances <laughs> things change certain things apply in certain to certain people it, it depends and i think that's something you learn as you grow older and uh and of course it depends yeah. also when you're younger if you're you're allowed to make <laughs> you know what are you gonna and what you're gonna allow in your life oh yeah you know, of course you, you allow certain um, people, places, things in your life when you're younger and when you get older and smarter? <laughs> well, you know but. what? I tell, um, I think that even though, you know how they say now that adolescents, people are adolescents into their 20s? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay. Well, and, 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 and I know there's there's people out there like the millennials are, ah, yeah. it's like, okay, you know, I, 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 I was turning 15 and 16 and I was dying to get my driver's license and like, bolt you know i mean not leave home but i wanted to drive i wanted to be out i wanted to do this i wanted to go there you know but anyway um oh yeah you know 
In other words, I'm an old soul. I, I was out there, I was twelve years old. Twelve years old, I made more money working a weekend than my mother did working all week. There you I'm go. I'm very independent and very old soul. Right, and and yeah. and there was nothing. Um, but you were. I'm not going to tell you this on the contrary. But you, you, there was a desire to be a grown-up, even though later on, you know, you, you know, you find oh, out. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But as far absolutely. as being responsible and jobs and all that stuff, you know, people were anxious to do that. But uh, I think that what happens also is that as you grow older, you realize what can I tolerate and what are the things I absolutely cannot do or vice versa. You know, you kind of learn those things about yourself. Is like, man, that yeah. I know I cannot handle. That, eh, I'm not too thrilled with it, but I can take it. That's kind of like that, to thine own self be true, that you learn more about yourself. Like, So when you come across something that you just can't accept, you know from the get-go, this is not going to work, period. I I know that to me this is not acceptable. And, you know, one of those things that, you know, you learn along the way, the, the human condition, what I call the human condition, uh, so yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's, it makes life, I tell everybody life is supposed to be messy. Okay. Learning is supposed to be messy. We're supposed to make it's mistakes. Clean <laughs> yeah. You know. I want it to be clean. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> it, well, I, you know what, Gina, I think, and I, and you know, um, I think a lot of people sometimes have a hard time forgiving themselves for their mistakes. You know, they, they, you know, maybe they made some makes and they stopped trusting themselves or they never let themselves off the hook. You know, co contrary to the people that never take responsibility, these are the ones that they always, and it's like, there's a, comes a time where you say, you know what, I really screwed that up royally. But you know what, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. have to trust myself that I learned something along the way and I'm going to start making certain decisions. And, you know, in other words, and, and, yeah. and, you, and I'm sure you've heard of it, people, they even have family members that never left them off the hook and they don't let themselves off the hook. You know, they'll be reminding them 20 years later, yeah, do you remember when you uh, blah, blah, whatever, blah, blah. Yeah, and, yeah it was like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm much yeah. more into the. Uh, yeah. oh, so well. Yes. oh, so well do I know that. I can really relate to that. You <laughs> okay. Know? Yeah, you know. members still think I'm that wild teenage girl, you know, that I am nothing like anymore, you know, right. and uh, and not to mention that I've had multiple sex successful businesses, and you know what I mean. Um, right. On my own house. Right. How? You know. Exactly. I don't have a mortgage. <laughs> well, I own it. You know. Yeah. That, I mean, I've been a success that way. You know. Right. Um, but then you're always they thinking. They're always look at looking like, at you. You were that. Like when you know, maybe you were a kid that did this and did that and did yeah. that and it's like, oh my God, yeah, please, you know, like... that was like three lifetimes ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm exactly. not that person anymore. And that, that does. Um, all right. Bye. Bye. Mama D. He's got to go. All right. Love you, honey bunch. We'll talk about sleep paralysis uh, another time because I wanted to get back to that with you, but we'll get it another time. No, no worries. But uh, yeah, but people, you know, they, they go through all that, that stuff and um, between family members tormenting you or are you tormenting yourself is yes. that something that you can correct yes yes especially if it was yes there the, of course with hypnosis absolutely absolutely um as far as especially self-talk and you know and i want to say mm. unfortunately some of these authority figures as much as you could on your conscious mind 
recognize what would exactly what you just said right now hey you know what i know that there your subconscious mind is buying into it and you'd be surprised what self-talk people say to themselves very negative and they almost like echo what these authority figures have been telling them always in the back and so you learn to detach that voice like shut it up that chatter uh and and you learn about where and on, on a sub, and this I, I need to stress on a subconscious level, you could consciously say, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do that. If you don't do it on your subconscious mind, it's not going to work. You will fall back into that pattern, which is, let's say that same scenario you said, where on a subconscious level, you learn how to detach yourself from realizing I cannot control maybe these family members that are always going to maybe say those things. It's like, okay, detachment and turning off that internal chatter that echoes what they say on a subconscious level. Because I'll tell you what, Gina, believe it or yeah. not, that dialogue is your comfort zone. And I'm, when I say you, I'm not saying you specifically. I'm saying anybody that finds himself in that scenario. And we are driven. It's it, We're very simple creatures. Humans are, on a subconscious level, we're very primitive creatures. It's either pain or pleasure. Pleasure is what I know, my comfort level. Even if I know it's not good for me, it's what I know. Pain is the unknown, change, what comes with it. What? So your subconscious will try very hard not to change. Even if your conscious oh, mind yeah. knows, man, this is rotten, this is not good. Which is why you have so many people that make you know, the New Year's resolution about I'm gonna go to the gym, uh, I'm going to start a new diet or whatever, you know, and then. The air we breathe, the water we drink, the soil that grows food for our families. These basic elements are essential to healthy, happy lives. America's corn growers think so, too. Across the country, they're pitching in every day and doing the work to produce food and fuel that is healthy in a sustainable way. Go to ncga.com to learn more about how corn farmers grow a more sustainable future for us all. That's ncga.com. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. Two months later, they paid for this great membership at the gym or they bought this new piece of machinery and they're hanging their clothes on it. And subconscious <laughs> yeah. is very sneaky. It's very sneaky how it does it. And it's you. But it's very sneaky how it will pull you away from that intended change. Because your subconscious mind will... Let, let's go with the uh, uh, losing weight thing. Let's go with that. Your subconscious mind will say, okay. well, you know what? If you lose weight, that means you're going to have to get new clothes. You know? And, and uh, what what will that do to your relationship? Let's say you have a relationship. You'll become more attractive. How's that going to affect your relationship? And then, you know, may, you might have people hitting on you. And, and then what will happen? You know, in other words, it extrapolates all these unknowns, which, by the way, are always unpleasant. Stay here and, mm. you know, be what you are. You know what this is. Okay? This is comfort. 
You might not like it, but you know what it is. So of course, yeah. you start making up the 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 different excuses and um, all the things like and. I remember one time I did it with myself because I knew I was, I, I told myself I'm, I'm going to lose X amount of weight. And I had a big park that was very close to my house. I had these walking trails, but at sundown, that was it. They closed it. So I said, I know my, I know I'm going to find some way that always, whenever I'm going to go walking or jogging, it's going to be after dark. So what I did was I carried around uh, uh, some sneakers and some shorts where there was a, a hospital that had like a walking path, like a two mile walking path. And I went and I got in my car and I mapped out two miles on the odometer in my in my uh, in my neighborhood because I knew it. In other words, if I yeah. if it was after sundown, I could if I was on the road, I could go to that hospital and walk, or if I was at home, I could yeah. go out and I had a two mile path to walk, and I cut myself off at the pass until finally yeah. you get past that, you stop resisting it. You stop resisting, and then I was doing it happily. But yeah, it took me—I want to say, like, yeah. contrary to that 21 day, it took me like about a month and a half to stop trying to wow. find ways. Like, oh, man, Scott, it's after dark. I can't, can't go, go to the park. It's raining. Oh my god, it's, it's raining. raining. Oh man, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, it's like, oh, sun's down. No, I'm not gonna have enough time. <laughs> Or, you know, I'm, I'm doing something yeah. out. And it's like, you know, by the time I get home and I change, forget it. I'm not going to make it. Yes, that's the way your subconscious yeah. works. It doesn't, it, it's not, it's very sneaky. And um, yes, as far as <laughs> hypnosis, what you were talking about, everything is under the, the control of your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind will resist change at all, at all costs. Okay. Including very detrimental you- stuff. Can you do this like Skype and stuff? Yeah, you with could. people. Yeah, yeah, you could. You could. Yeah, you can okay. Skype somebody. And and when we were and I told you earlier that about this was back in '09. I was doing a, a talk show like this, and it was somebody that he yeah. was. His show had to do with like um, wellness, you know, and holistic stuff. And we're talking about hypnosis and. He said, well, can you hypnotize me? I said, okay, I'll, I'll just put you a little bit under. And he went, he went under it. The next thing you know, he was snoring on air. All of a sudden, I took him down. <laughs> and you hear the sound of my house on here. Like a really slight, slight when snore. <laughs> and the engineer is emailing me. What happened? What do I do? What am I like? He's like thinking this guy's going to go off to the never-never, you know, or something like that. It's like, wait, wait, you'll come out of it. But yeah, sometimes people, if, if you... Contrary to what people think that you're tired, it's if you're if you've been stressed out. Let's say you've really been doing a lot of stuff, and somebody relaxes yeah. you under hypnosis. You, I mean, when you go, you go down hard, like so relaxed that you actually snore. Believe it or not, you're not asleep. You're not asleep, but you're so relaxed that you know that the thing in your throat that makes you snore, in your uh, the back of your, yeah. um, it, it you start snoring. That's how relaxed you become. So yeah. That's my, yeah. my nose, my post-nasal stuff. Well, you know, I'll catch myself doing that when I'm sleeping. That's what was driving me crazy all weekend. Oh, my God. It's like I couldn't really sleep good because it's freaking nose, post-nasal drip, my neck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I know. I know. I, 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 every crazy. time, every once in a while, I'll, 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 I get that really bad. <laughs> that we're getting to, Like after an allergy attack, you know, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. 
So yeah, the, yep. it's. <laughs> and I'm gonna hold my lawn today after I've been having the worst allergies things. I know, I know, we're like so far off the beaten path here. But yeah, I know. I'm it's like we're lawn, talking about allergies. Okay. <laughs> out there, and I got. I swear, I think the neighbors were going to call the fire department because they were going to think my house was on fire with how much smoke was inside <laughs> my house. And I'm, but I came in, I was covered with grass bits and dirt and ugh, you know. <laughs> like, oh, oh my god, it was horrible. Like strip outside, come in. <laughs> Let me ask you something, just out of curiosity. When you st- when you when you went to for the stop smoking, when you had you told me you were th- a three pack a person, three three pack a day person, is that what you were telling? Yeah. Me? Did he make you go cold turkey, or did yeah. he, or did he cut you down before you went cold turkey? I'm curious. No, I went. I just I, I stopped. So when you went to the hypnotist, he took he took you from three packs to nothing. But actually, actually, it was maybe it was two packs then, because okay, then when well, I started smoking again. Years later, I went up to like three packs, and that's when I went. I Still just crumpled pack, them. Two packs, nothing to sneeze at. He took it down to Yeah, it, you know what? It worked because, um, and I have a real strong will. You know, when I put my mind to something, I just do it. Oh, no, no, you know? let me tell you something. And, I, uh, I believe in strong wills uh, because my grandmother, that's exactly what she did when she stopped smoking. <laughs> I remember she used to smoke the yeah, cigarettes. Very persistent, you know what I mean? I, uh, if I start something, I finish it. You know, I, I don't stop until it's done. And, uh, and I'll kill myself to get there, you know? But, uh, no, let me tell you something. I, well, I think it sounds like when you start up the second time, you realize, man, if I've gone all this other time before without smoking, why can't I? How old were you when you started smoking? Nine. Holy crap! Oh, you're one of those. Okay. I know. I know. I'm an old soul, and all my friends, I was nine, and all my friends were like 14, 15, 16 years old, so whatever they were doing, I was doing, you know what I mean? Yes. I, I, was, uh, I was out in bars at 14. years old. Let me tell you something, I, you'd be surprised <laughs> how many clients I had that would tell me exactly what you said, that they started smoking like really, really young, really young. Yeah. 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 I mean, we had nothing else. At my family, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. You know, not like when when I had my kids. Um, you know, they were in sports and everything else. And you know, my family, we didn't have that. It wasn't an option. You know, we were hanging right. out. We were we were outside. You know, we yeah. kicked out of the house. You know, play. You know, so I was out building incredible forts. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like People, unbelievable. Yeah. I'm a I'm a tool belt diva. I'm a carpenter. You know, what I mean, I had a three level fort outside. You know, we'd sit in there and smoke. <laughs> you know, well, you know contrary pole, to you know, nowadays yeah. where, you know, you you got to, like, get a crowbar to get your kid outside. You know, it's like, go outside and play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, you never see any kids riding around. Like, before, we'd have to, like, go, go slowly through the neighborhoods because, you know, you might hit a kid on a bike or something. You know, now um, they're all inside on computers. Yeah, I know. So, I you know, know, it's a different world. But, yeah. Different world. They don't want to be out. Right, and it's to this and it's to that, and you know, the only the only thing that you know we we had to do is like we had to be home for supper, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, five o'clock, right. and then we do our chores. The dishes got to be done. Then you can go back out, and then when the street lights came on, or you know, nine or ten or whatever whatever time it yeah. was, and you best have your butt in the house by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know? but you spent you spent the rest of the time. It was outside. It was like yeah, it was like. 
Right. Everybody like. Same one. Yeah, did not want to be in. And uh, yeah, it is a complete, it is a completely different world, you know. The only time I was in, you know, I had to do everybody's chores. <laughs> the baby of the family, you know, was like, I have uh, a brother and two sisters, so they were like, one all in a row, boom, 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 five years uh-huh. later, me. So like, I got the crap thrown at me, you know, and it's like, yeah, well, you do it, you do it, you do it, and then they'd sneak out. So I would do everybody's chores. Like really fast, so I get to be a really fast and really good house cleaner. So what did I open up when I get a little bit older? A house cleaning business. There you go. Because <laughs> I was damn very fast, you know. But uh, but that's one of the reasons why, you know, you you learn. But um, but I always had that mentality to make my own money because you make more money working for yourself than somebody else. Oh, my dad course. always said if someone else can do it, you can, do it, you know. So I would. And I would learn it, and he would make me learn it. You know, he'd throw tools at me and be like, "Yeah, figure it out." You know, and I would, and I did, and um, <laughs> I made a career out of that. And I opened up a design business. So, I mean, I, I worked for myself the majority of my life. I had a few jobs, you know, other jobs, but but persistence. Not many. Let me tell you something. Persistence goes a long way. People don't realize how mm-hmm. important persistence really? is. Yeah. Yeah, and you gotta have that. You gotta have that if you want to be a business owner. You gotta have it. You really, really do. You can't just do half-assed. You can't do you know half of a job and then go away. You know, it's like no. You gotta get it done. And if you don't get it done, you ain't gonna get no money. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> really, you're not gonna make any. You of know. Course. So the more time you waste at a place, you know, um, the more time, you the more money you're taking out of your own pocket. Of course. And candy, candy. Yeah, her family is one of the ones that taught me about this mentality that I had to work for her family at a, a fruit stand. And that's where it all came from, the mentality of working for yourself. Do yes. it for yourself. Yes. And, and that was a family in my neighborhood. Candy was my best friend as a kid, and, and then her sister Angel, uh, she she ended up being my best friend. And, I mean, we loved the whole family. But, yeah, we worked at fruit stand. And, I mean, oh, and then talk about being in tip-top shape. It was great because we were mm-hmm. fucking fruit around you know right we look good yeah the, okay, yeah, so the, but no, like, but you know what good. that takes it's initiative and stick-to-itiveness you know you you persist like you said you figure it out yeah sometimes people yeah. They, they they hit the first road bump and they're like oh you know it's like i'm not good at this okay how much did you try well a little bit it's like so what did you expect how are you yeah. supposed to be good at something if you don't practice it or do yeah. it a lot yeah. and if you fail Okay, that's right. Again. <laughs> what? You know, it's not gonna kill you. You know what no, I mean? You gotta, not. yeah, you gotta try. Let me ask yeah. you something. All right, do you know what? I mean, I'm a realist back in. Huh? I really am because, like, we've, we, I'm gonna reel us back in a little bit because okay, we are, yes, we are okay. like, you know, our here, and we are so far into the woods. <laughs> I was gonna, well, I was gonna ask you a question about on the paranormal end of it. It's something that I've, I've come across oh. with your person. When you were a kid, did you see ghosts? Did you see apparitions? Did you have experiences? Yes. Of course. What yes. happened with you? Because I could tell, because I've uh, you're you're you you probably see stuff that nobody else picks up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened? Yeah, and I don't I, I don't really I don't really put that out there. Um, I I've always been interested in. Paranormal, always, always, always. 
um, there were some houses in our neighborhood, you know, that we would be like, oh, there's someone up in the barn, there's someone this and that, and that we, of course, I mean, I'm like, I want to go there, I want to go there again and again and again and again until I see it. Um, my friend Rosie and I, we would try ESP with each other, you know, because that was like the big <laughs> thing. That was the right, show. yeah. ESP, it's like go up there and I'm going to think of this and then you're going to think of that and, you know, we'll try to see if we um, connect in the morning, you know, we talk, so we practice, you know. But, um, I, I, I have what's like, um, clear cognizance. I, I know how to do things. Um, the pictures that I get, like a lot of psychics get a lot of pictures of people. Mm -hmm. The pictures I get of uh, things in, in my projects and my jobs and everything, I can see a job. Okay. Done. I can see it broken apart. I can, like a movie runs in my head. And I see right. every step. I can see into the wall. I can see what's in that wall, what needs to be in that wall. I can see it all, you know. Okay. Um, and you've never done anything before. Um, say, I, I'm just going to use this as an example, like tiling. Say I didn't know how to tile. Mm -hmm. I would just, you know, think about it for a while, and it will come to me. It just, I don't know where it comes from, but it just okay. comes to me, and I know how to do it. And I know how to build furniture. I know how to do, I know how to finish the furniture. I know, I just know things. You know, and a lot of how tos. Okay. But you know, so it's 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 crazy. But then I I actually um I I had my first husband broke my collarbone and I OD'd on um, pain medication and I actually died and came back. And when I came back is when I get this tone thing. Now I know when the spirits in the room because of tones will automatically come in with them. Okay. Once in a while I, I'll actually. Once in a while, I actually hear them, you know, but I really, I honest to God, don't try to, you know, no, because no, I mean, no. I go on investigation, and, and I have my equipment, and I talk to them that way, and I want to tell them to talk to the equipment, you know, because I don't want to see this stuff constantly. You know, like, this stuff here, we see stuff in my house. My house is haunted. We see the lady here. I've never seen the, well, I saw the guy when I looked at the house first upstairs, but, um, you know, there's a lady that we've seen several times in here, you know. But it's, you know, the the, the dying and coming back, though, that was a big ordeal. Mm -hmm. And, yes, I have, like, tones. It would be different tones. You know, if it's a low tone, I'll get a little nervous. If it's a medium tone or a high tone, I know it's okay, you know. But sometimes they get too close and it deafens me and I have to tell them wow. to back off, you know. And, I, and, it's, and it's crazy, you know. But it's helpful. And uh, and I can and I'll tell you what I can pick out a fake psychic a mile away. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And I'll smile and nod. I'll smile and nod. But I I definitely can can pick out the, the fake psychic because uh, just knowing what I know. And what, <laughs> well, what let I me see, ask you know as a because I I I exactly like what you said. Not that you're looking to make a connection, but I can. I can see that you must have been that you must have seen stuff without intending to see it. In other words, not because you were trying to be psychic or you know nothing. Yeah. You know. Right. Right. It was like yes. My grandmother came uh -huh. put in my bed and she was talking to me when she died. My grandfather came and he was telling me to grab my feet to grab my feet when when he died. Okay. And I was like, what the hell is that about? I told my mother. You know, I'm like, wow. Oh, you know, grandpa came. He was at the foot of my bed and saying something about grabbing feet. When he was dying, he was actually, he was covered with blankets, and he would kick the blankets off 
and yell that they were um, creatures trying to grab his feet. Wow. So, yeah, so that's what that was. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really kind of crazy, you know. So, you know, it's things like that. It's it's not all the time. It's kind of random things that happen. Um, but, I mean, I go to tons of haunted locations all the time, you know, and every once in a while I'll, I'll see a lot of stuff. But I want to catch it on film, you know, because I want other people to see it, you know. And you know that sometimes, like, like I tell everybody, Supernatural is not an on-demand thing. Sometimes they're, they got their own schedule going on. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But I'll see them, like, watching. They watch you, you know. And I, and I do, I feel like they size you up. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, like, in my experience, are you worthy of me? Let me ask you something, Gina. And I, and I don't know because it happened to me when I was doing that. As a matter of fact, it was my first tip-off that, Sometimes either, even before I would get notified of an investigation or sometimes after, but I hadn't gone, I would see certain things happening. Like in other words, they, 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 you don't have to be there. They come to you. And as a matter of fact, I would say that's my first tip off that before I get there, then I know there's something intelligent there because they're coming here to check me out. (laughs) Yes, yeah, they they definitely do that. Ohio State did that to me, and I'm, like, way away from Ohio State, but I had mm-hmm. been there before. Yeah. And uh, Trans-Allegheny is a place I really kind of don't want to go back to. I do and I don't. Um, Trans-Allegheny was something else. I went to Trans-Allegheny. Yeah, that, I, I took a little girl home from me. All right, that, that's too long of a story to tell. Um, uh, you know what, I'll tell you that uh, story privately. I, I did all the wrong okay. things. I did too many investigations. And too much time, and I ended up bringing home this horrible entity that you know destroyed oh. half my house. What from one of the lo- from one of those locations? It actually from a, a few. I'm not sure if I think it came from the Hoosack Tunnel because I went to Hillview to Trans Allegheny. I was out to Staten Island. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Houghton Mansion. Then I went to the ferry, and I went to the tunnel, and I ended up bringing home a brick and a spike from the tunnel, and I never bring home anything from anywhere, and don't ever bring home anything mm-hmm. from any location that's people, not even a pebble, okay? Nothing. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I was just so exhausted, just so exhausted. I'm like, oh, I can do this, you know, oh, yeah. I, you know, bleh. wow, was I wrong? Um, yeah. yeah, this thing blew up my television it, uh, twice, blew up my computer, my printer, my, and then smashed my microwave. Wow. It told me I should sacrifice my Yeah, it told me I had to sacrifice my dog. Okay. Uh, it was like, wow, because I said, I said, if you're so big and bad, why can't I see you? And it said, you know, I said, why, yeah, no, what do I got to do for you to see me? And, and the EVP was sacrifice your dog. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're done, dude, you're done. You know, and then I called a bunch of my friends and we had a big um, thing to do in my house and we cleansed the house and we got rid of that. And at the same time, I had a screaming little girl crying little girl that I brought home from Trans-Allegheny with me, and we got rid of her, too. Just crossed her over, you know. And was she what? Yeah, it was, um, uh, I mean, it was, the, uh, And I, this, you know, I tell everybody this. People don't realize, because I tell everybody, when you go on investigations, sometimes when you're really tired, and by this I don't mean, or getting, coming down with something, it's not good for you to go on investigations, yeah. because believe it or not, you become vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Don't. Yeah. yeah, I was I was like taking a nap um, in, in Trans Allegheny on the floor at the in the woman's the woman's uh, place there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like <laughs> passing out, and I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. 
you know, the alarms that would go off out there, that woke me up. Uh, no, trans was an, an interesting place. Insane, insane. Yeah, well. definitely. I mean, if I had just done that, it would have been great, but, you know, just did too many things and, and just too exhausted and too much driving. And never again. Yeah. Never again, like. I, I, let me, uh, well, and, and no, the, and the reason why I pointed it out is that, you know, everybody always talks about, you know, the, the, when you're, uh, you know, doing, doing investigations, paranormal investigations about, you know, spiritual exhaustion. And I'm like, yeah, but there's also such a thing as called physical exhaustion. Okay. Which will, it'll put you under, you, you need to like sometimes say, I can't go because that's happened to me. That's happened to me where, you know, I would get these last minute calls. Hey, can, you know, hey, can you come? And then I already had something. And it was like, oh, please, you know, save the day. And you feel obligated. And then before you know it, you're like, man, I'm so like, oh, and yes. you're putting a big bullseye on you is what yep. ends up happening, unfortunately. Yes, ground shield protect, ground shield protect, yeah. you know, just really, I mean, and it was actually after that, because when, because I used to ground and shield in the morning, mm-hmm. after that, of my house, then I started doing it twice a day, every day, you know, and, because um, that's really kind of how I start my day, I do that while I'm drinking my coffee, I do that, and, um, you know, ground and shield and, and, and get rid of the night crud, is what I call it, so mm-hmm. I get rid of the the night crust, anything that came in during the night trying to get my attention, get rid of that and protect myself for the day. And then at the end of the day, get rid of the day crud. Right, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And go to sleep. Well, yeah. yeah. People don't realize that, that, that there's neg And by this, I don't mean spirits. I'm talking about just negative energy that you can pick up when yeah, you're right. out and about. Hey, we got like only. It, this has been great. I'm. Really, I love talking to you. Um, oh, but we only have like half left, and okay. I wanted to ask you about your the shows that you were on. Um, okay. Now, when you were on um, Paranormal Survivor and that mm-hmm. car. Yes. Now, what what year was that 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 all happened? That happened into 2012, mostly, mostly in 2012. 2013, okay. now, a little bit of 2013, um, you know, 2012, 2000, a little bit of 2013. Now, that, now, how did you come across this car? Um, my husband, which we hadn't met yet, had bought it because he wanted a muscle car. Okay, he wanted a muscle right. car. So he found this car on Craigslist, and it was on in a, in a little town on the other side of Florida. So he takes a friend of his who's a mechanic, goes over there. The guy checks it out, tells him, man, it's great. It's got very low mileage. The owner of the car tells him, and he doesn't remember whether he said either his brother had either gotten hurt or got killed in, he had, uh, he had been overseas in the war. And apparently he had had the, uh, the car in storage for a long time. That's why it had really low mileage. Make a long story short, he buys mm-hmm. the car, drives it back all the way across to the East Coast, back to Miami. And that was like about the end of 2011. And this was a 19, it's a 1988, 1988, yeah, 1988. We meet a few months after that, okay? And he has uh, the back of the house where we live at now, uh, because we got married eventually. It's got like a big carport area and he would park it back there. And it's 
the back of that area is all cemented the floor cemented and he had some other stuff and the bedroom where he would sleep which is the main bedroom it's 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 on towards the back of the house and he started first by hearing weird noises out there even before we had met he kept hearing weird noises and at the beginning he he's originally from New Jersey and he was thinking animals because we live in an agricultural area he was thinking animals something's okay. wandered on here but he even after a while he, he heard he had those uh you know those big barbecues the ones that are like aluminum that are real like heavy and you know like when you roll something ar across cement how it kind of makes a noise and even cement floor he started yeah, hearing stuff yeah, like that vibration. yeah like you know like if you're pulling something even if it's on wheels but it's you know like one of those aluminum barbecue yeah. things he kept hearing stuff that after a while yeah. he himself later on told me he goes i realized man this is not an animal that's back there uh and uh of course he would check it out and nothing he was he's an ex-cop so he would go out there nothing and I think he would have felt better with it if it was a real person. He ended up, you know, he even put in a wall at the front of the property, and it's all fenced. The, the, the neighbors, everything. Then along in in the middle yep. of all of this, we met, and everything was fine. And then a couple of times, I was here at his house, and he would leave to the gym really, really early in the morning. And I remember hearing a couple of times, thinking I heard noises in the back. And I'm thinking, oh, he's got home he's got back from the gym and he's parking in the back which to me when i'm waking up is what's waking me up is a noise i'm thinking but why is he parking in the back because normally he would park he had a truck that he would park in the front of the house and then i would be waiting and waiting for him to come into the house and nobody gets here i would get up and he's not here i was like what in the it happened to me like two or three yeah. times because of course i'm not thinking it's anything supernatural then finally, right? you know, when no. people start, he, he had been, he hadn't told me anything, but he says, man, I didn't want you to think you were getting to go with some crazy guy. So he wasn't telling me anything. <laughs> and one time I was on the street on a case. This was when I was doing investigations and he calls me up. He still hadn't finished this, uh, fence that they were building this cement fence in the front of his property. And the front of this house has got a long wraparound porch and his, the front doors are French doors. And where he sit watching his thing, he could look out that front door. And I remember him calling me up and he goes, I just saw a big tall guy with big long, long hair walk across my porch. Like, like he saw him through the French doors. And I was like, okay. And he goes, I'm going out there with a gun. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And I'm, because again, we're still thinking <laughs> not paranormal yeah we're thinking somebody right. come on the yeah. property which by the way is very unusual okay to have something because there's a big stretch of land between the there's no sidewalks down here okay there's just a street business everything right. is agricultural. but there's a big stretch of land between the house and the street even if somebody would have wandered in and then you see this person walk across your front porch it's like of course he didn't find anybody yeah that's odd and that's then we right. started talking and then that's when he started telling me hey you know what i've been hearing these things and before it was i was it was not that big a deal and now i'm hearing it more and i'm in the my room and you know and he he was like totally wigging out and then when we really got around to realizing that it was tied into the car was a couple of times he would take this car to my house and he would park it in my driveway 
And I remember my dogs. Uh, I was used to coming in and out. I, I, I used to work really weird hours. So, you know, my dogs knew. If, in other words, if my dogs barked because something unusual, they didn't. There weren't these type of dogs that would bark at anything. And yep. one time I hear my dogs bark, and I remember my bedroom window looked out of my front yard where my, my where my cars are parked. And I stood up, um, you know, when you kneel on your bed and you're looking out your window, because that's how I had it. My bed was right under the window. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking somebody in, in his car, which is parked inside my yard. And I'm thinking, ah, somebody's trying to steal the car. And I'm looking, right. you know, and I'm looking and I'm like, because, you know, you got a little bit of the glare of the, of the windshield, even though it's nighttime and I have my porch light on. And I'm like, we did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. First, it's like, is there somebody wow. in there? And I, God, there's somebody in there. And then I'm seeing, you know, all of a sudden you start really looking and there's this guy sitting in the thing. And I'm like, I'm starting to like, I'm like poking him, like, get up, get up, get up. Because I didn't want to like take my <laughs> eyes away from it. And I'm thinking the more I looked right. at it, the more detailed look. And this is guy with long, dark hair sitting in the driver's side of the car. And he finally gets up like, and I'm like, get up here and tell me and see, tell me what you see. I didn't even tell him what I saw. And he got up when I told him that immediately, he like got out and he looked out and he looked at me with his face like, and he says, I see this. And it was the same thing. I didn't tell him what I saw, you know, uh, and that's the first yeah. time that we really started to realize that it had to do with a car versus even though this is a hundred year old farmhouse, not the house. It was the car. But the thing wow. was, he got that car really soon after buying this property. Okay. So that's why he never saw, you know, when you've lived a long time at a place and then you get something and that's when everything starts up. No, he got, yeah. I, I want to yeah. say he got this car like maybe six months after he moved into the house. So he never realized, hey, everything really started when the car was on, came on the scene. And it take it took off from there. Uh, Somebody coming in. I'm sorry, what? Didn't he start coming into the house after that? Yeah, eventually it got to the point. I remember he used to have this guy that would work on muscle cars because, you know, they need special parts that you got to order. And he was doing it little by little. He was replacing certain parts. So he had this one guy that would work on the car. There was one time where he, he normally wouldn't, it, sometimes he would, at the beginning, he would keep it if he was waiting for a part. 
and he would put it he had like a big warehouse and he would leave one of the guys that would work for him he had one of those lofts office that are like little lofts and mm -hmm. the guy later the next day told him that he had heard things moving around downstairs but he didn't come down <laughs> he was like i'm not going down there the only thing down there was the car you know and their stuff but he said he heard things moving around all downstairs and then another time he told my husband because he would be the one to work on the car a lot of times and he said that he kept thinking that some, one of his guys would be standing behind him like you know like right on top of him like behind him and he'd look like like what are you doing there'd be nobody there they got to the point that finally one day he told him, henry man you're on your own man i can't i'm not gonna fix your car it's wigging me out i'm having a hard there's something wrong with your car and uh yeah it, it, it when you start also getting it from other people who you've never told anything about this and uh one time i saw it i saw what it was i mean really saw it not like through uh not like through the the windshield i actually saw it was um mm. this house it's uh one of these older homes you know that's got the crawl big crawl space underneath so basically it sits very the windows are high up off the ground so yep. there's a window there's a small bathroom that looks out into that carport into the backyard it's got acres behind it and i remember i'd fallen asleep on the sofa and there's the hall light on the bathroom's the only thing that's on so i go real quick it's a pocket door and there's a window that's right over the sink that looks back there and i'm in there and all of a sudden i just walked in there and i look and there's a man staring at me now for him to be looking Yikes. through the window he would have to be like what seven or eight feet tall because i'm seeing him like from chest up i'm telling you i i almost broke my nose trying to go out that pocket door because i was <laughs> i was like you know and that that's when i said okay that's it we and, and like i said this you know I'm, I'm there's a lot of things that happen my kids we would take trips we, you know we he has uh birds and i would tell my sons hey can you go by there and feed the animals and later on of course later on uh my son one of my sons he was doing security uh and he would get off at midnight and i would tell him andrew what you could do is just go there and sleep sleep and you know feed the animals sleep there and then get up in the morning and leave and no and he yep. later on he told me mom when i would get there i would go in there with my gun drawn and i'm like what are you talking about it's like every time i was in there i was like trying to do this thing for you and sleep are you out of your mind and i and then my other son he of course he never even bothered coming at night he would come in the afternoon and there's a an upstairs it's two floors and you know when you walk on a wooden floor on an upstairs that you can hear back uh yeah one time he he came in and he on purpose of course he's walking around uh downstairs he says very quickly trying to feed all the animals and all the birds and all this stuff and checking on their water and he says he hears like the creak you know because um oh yeah of somebody upstairs yep and he says yep. the first time he heard <laughs> it it wasn't it wasn't really distinct it was like kind of like did i hear that was that from like upstairs it wasn't like yeah. Bob, Bob, Bob's sister comes in here too, right? And he 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 won't sleep up here. If I go away without him, he won't sleep upstairs. He'll sleep downstairs on the couch. He won't come up here. He's like, there's just too much going on up here. Right. I have no problem with it. Um, right. Well, Mary and his sister with dog. If we're both gone, and she won't stay either. Her daughter, 
she'll never sleep over here. No, 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 won't do it. You know? Oh yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> like it's not... let me tell you something. He did, he did, he did hear somebody trying to come down because the stairs, you know, come down like they, basically they empty out almost to the front to, you know, not into the front door but to the side. And he says all of a sudden he heard mm -hmm. the steps and he left. He just left. He just he says, "Mom, those were <laughs> footsteps. There was like a, a person up there walking." And I knew there wasn't nobody there, and he just left. But they, they don't tell me anything right away. They tell me this months later when it's like the big secret they're keeping amongst themselves that um, that, that was going on. And uh, it yeah. played out, and we it, it, we still have the car. We still have the car. We still have the car. And it, 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 wow. it, uh, it, a lot of things happened with that car. And, um, you know, the... Of course, when he bought the car, he never thought to ask the history of it because you don't think a lot about those things, you know, when you're buying a no. car. Yeah. You're just buying the car. I know. Right. But as far as attachments to uh, to objects, sure. Very possible. I learned that first. Thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, yeah, Bob, my Bob, he's. He's witnessed that too. Been been through a lot of that kind of stuff with the doll, you know, uh, took a doll out of a house. They were hearing stuff, and he said, "Well, is there anything new?" And they said, "Well, we bought a doll." You come to find out, they bought a doll at a uh, nursing home yard sale, and a woman who passed away there. It's a clown doll, and oh. a woman who passed away there. Her name was Justine Rose. And it possessed this doll, like her essence went into this doll. And they would do, he was doing EVP work and stuff, and he said, what's your name? I said, Justine Rose. <laughs> like, what? Oh, wow. You know, and it's a boy clown doll with this woman in it. But, um, but he, you know, he tried binding it, him and his ex-partner tried binding it, but that didn't work. And then he was going to give it to, like, John Zappas. And then before that, Peg Nick wanted it at the Knickerbocker, and uh, she felt like this closeness to it. So they, it ended up at the Knickerbocker and we go there and we do ghost hunts there and we go visit Justine but Justine recognizes Bob in, in an instant. And it's <laughs> always, communicating, always communicating with him like like thank you for bringing me here. You know what I mean? So she's, she's that's, that's continuing funny. on. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's I... stuff. So now so now that you know that all this stuff was with the car and you decided to get rid of it, what was it about it not starting and stuff? What, what well, was what happened about? was that <clears throat> finally we got, I, 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 I asked somebody because I was like, you know what? I don't want anybody that knows me. I don't know. Because if, if I'm asking somebody, they're going to assume. <clears throat> so it was like a friend of a friend. I got a psychic to come over and somebody that was, and that person made a beeline for the for the car, which I have to give this person credit. Here you are. You're coming to an old-looking farmhouse, which you would think, they're calling right. me about the haunted wow. farmhouse. No. He went straight to the car. Straight to the car. And it oh, was that's like... That's a good psychic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he said, he says, this car, it's got a really violent personality attached to it. This person, I want to say, died in or by, or was... He wants to say that it was because he was fleeing from the police and... My husband was a policeman, um, and he's attached to the car. And this is a really dangerous, violent personality um, in life and in death, and that he doesn't want to let go. And like, like saying, I'm not even going to try to cross this thing over. Like, forget it. And um, 
I remember that he did a bunch of blessings and things and uh, on the car. <clears throat> and after, right before that, my husband had gotten this new radio put in because he's into the radio thing, whatever. And like a yeah, couple yeah, of days, yeah. a couple of days afterwards, <laughs> he goes out there. No, be, I'm sorry. I take that back. The thing with the radio, it happened before that happened. That we got the, the the wiring pulled out with the new radio installation. And um, oh, they didn't like the new radio. Nope. And then, like a couple of days, I want to because he didn't see he didn't drive that car every day. It was a kind of car that he would take out. You know, he and like a couple of days yeah. after the blessing, he uh, he goes and he tries to turn the car and it's not turning on. <laughs> he comes back in the house. He goes, "You're not gonna believe this." I'm like, "What?" Because it's not turning on, and I and I'm like, what do you mean it's not turning on? It wasn't turning on. It wasn't like no dead battery. It wasn't. It, like I said, he would. This car was like he would keep it in tip top shape. It was like I said, he always had this mechanic because he was upgrading something on it. Uh, yep. Blessing and and then we thought, okay, well, let's give it a little bit of time to settle. Maybe this is was a parting gift from this entity being ejected out. Not really. Um, he, no. it came back not as much as before. It's kind of contained in the car. We got it work, and for the longest time we could not get that car fixed for for love or money. Um, and we parked it away from the house. Oh, and it was really funny because when we would park it in the back in that, because we have the uh, that big uh, carport area in the back of the house, everything mechanical there right. went belly up. We had uh, wow. we had a riding lawnmower, br pretty brand new. Couldn't get that to stay fixed no matter what. We had like one of those golf carts to ride around. That we were constantly having problems with it. We had uh, a sprayer, you know, that comes with one of those engines. Same thing. It was like, okay, come on. How many things are going to, you know, not work <laughs> back here? Uh, enough is enough is enough. Yeah. Yes. That point. Yeah. Once yeah. Like that move... thing that was blowing up all my electronics in my house. And yeah. It cost me thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah. Come on. So no. we finally got it <laughs> fixed, and we have it parked. But we have it parked in the front. We have like a one of those half moon driveways, and I told them that's it. It's not. Yeah. It's not coming in the back of the carport anymore. You yeah. know. And every once in yeah. a while, yeah. uh, there, certain yeah, things happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that let us know that it's still that it's still I just think that what this guy did, the psychic, what he did was he kinda kinda contained it a little bit. But every once in a while and I'm still not sure what the trigger is. We do have stuff, especially because we have this big um shed out in the back like in the back of our yard. And every once mm -hmm. in a while you'll hear really strange noises coming from back there. Really weird noises. And I mean, and that has to do a lot with the, how things started up originally and then it stops and then it starts and then it stops. It's like, it, it's, it's like on a cycle and I still don't know what it is that triggers it. And, uh, it's one of the, it's, it's, it's. According to the psychic, part of the thing that was going on was the fact that my husband is an ex-cop. It was like, it wants to like, you are, you personify everything that I hated and hate, you know, whatever. So that kind of deal. Yeah.
So. Yes. Well, that's just that's just such a crazy story, you know. And when I I watched it, I remember seeing it when it first came out. I remember seeing it going, wow, that's creepy. And then I watched it again, obviously, because I was going to have you on. And uh, I'm like, yeah, that is really creepy story. And so is your one at the haunt, the um, the show on the haunted hospital. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And yes. she was in season one, episode twelve yeah. of Haunted Hospitals. Yeah. And how I get it, my first question has got to be. All right, so now uh, you're a counselor, right? No, like, I'm an investigator. Well, dealing with... Okay. Why were you going in the middle of the night, like 2 because and 3 in the to. morning? You have to. Whenever there's uh, something like that that's a child death, you need to re- respond immediately. You don't... There's no downtime. Even though you would think, what's the hurry? No, you, you have to... The, you, it requires an immediate response as an investigator. You have to go and get, go to the hospital, go and take pictures. You got to do that right away. That's really important. Right. Whatever time it right. was. So tell me the story of, of how this all came to be and what happened and when you got the call and what you saw. Well, I was normally, I would work weekends. We had a unit that would work weekends. And that's why I say when I have crazy, when I had crazy hours, I had crazy hours. But then we would go, we would rotate our on-call, you know. And on-call meant that you would take any case that came in uh, that they say cannot wait till the following morning. All right. Usually the only time that that would be, would be something of this nature. Serious injury or death. In other words, we need you to respond. And uh, this was one of them. And I went out there to the hospital because, you know, that's, that's where you want to go. You want to find out uh, what happened. Uh, and, and, and there was certain, and I'm going to leave that, but there was some type of criminal activity involved in that case that they didn't include, which I'm glad because I told them not to. Also, what sparked it to being, it, it would have been, even if there wasn't, but there was, you know, there was... Uh, another another, another family facet that. involved in it um so you know okay. when you go to the hospital you get information not only when they the body you know the child did they see any type of any other bruising anything like that uh and you okay. get a report from them and then you need to go back to the house and you need to take pictures you know what what was there uh did it make sense what happened what they're saying that happened uh things like that you're and they they don't you don't wait till the next day so i was out there literally like what they say in the middle of the night taking pictures and yeah. the house was empty the the house was empty they weren't allowed in and uh and i was taking all those pictures and especially in that backyard area and by the way this was this really yeah. nice residential area that was really really quiet at three in the morning very quiet yeah uh yeah. And that's and you were hearing pool, right? Right, and they had this pool, and I had, as I was taking pictures, you know, there's side, there's the side areas of the house, and I was looking to see, you know, entryways, exits. They have any, you know, because you're supposed to include all of that. But you would think, what does that have to do? You have to, you have to take pictures of everything. Um, and I was by there just taking these pictures, and the first time I'm, I hear that, I'm like, what? And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I know there's no 
nothing there's no tree branches hanging over it and but you know when you doubt yourself like wait a minute and you walk back there like what and i'm like there's nothing yeah. overhanging like that could fall in here what but, you know so but even before that i had gotten a very weird feeling even before when i was at the hospital okay when i was at the emergency room yeah and um but then you know you okay there's only so much that you can stand there and try to like figure it out you know so i went back and i was doing the other side and this time you know, I heard something else drop in there and it was like, okay, because I even looked, I mean, you know, you think like somebody throw, I mean, your mind goes in a million directions and like, there's nothing, there's nothing that you can account for it. And, um, the second time I was like, okay, there's something going on here. Uh, and like I said, it's, it's especially noticeable at three in the morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah quiet <laughs> nothing yeah. you know the, all the neighbors the neighborhood was asleep everybody's asleep there was nothing going on uh i mean i even looked around like, bring is somebody looking at me and you know <laughs> you know throwing stuff yeah i, I was i you start thinking okay and uh and <clears throat> and even i had even told them that when i had when you go to these hospitals at two or three in the morning the parking lot's empty there's nothing out there, but <clears throat> when yeah. you park, I, I mean, I was so used to showing up at these places at two or three in the morning. It didn't bother me. And I remember coming out and I was like looking around me, you know, like when you're f feeling like you're being watched. And I remember, yeah. uh, part of it, which I, they come from the show because I know that they got to like sandwich it into a certain amount of time that told them I was, yeah. I was going in my car and I'm looking in my rear view because I'm thinking, you know that really creepy like thing like i've got somebody in my back seat and, yeah, yeah yeah and i'm looking at my rear view feeling. and it's like what is going on i remember walking out and of course i've got a clear line of sight there's no cars there's nothing out there there's like my car and two others and i'm like yeah. what is going i'm even they even have like a little trail where they have those like little exercise uh spots you know and i'm like man is somebody out here what is this no and i was like and you know when you have that that back of your neck prickly feeling yeah, yeah. so when i got yeah. out there to the to this place i'm like okay and um when but really the kicker was when i went into the house which is was a two-story house and i'm taking pictures in the kitchen because the kitchen has got a sliding glass door which was the one that leads right out to the to the back door area where the pool was so i'm taking all these pictures especially in the kitchen and the door and everything and it just so happens that what's right above on the second floor that kitchen area is the hallway that leads to the bedrooms same thing like if you exited the kitchen right in front of you were the stairs that went up had a landing and then turned back and would take you up to the upstairs so the hallway was yep. right over the kitchen so again okay. there's no noise in that house none and i heard somebody walk upstairs on the carpet like car well it was carpeted but it wasn't like a really heavy footstep but it was like somebody was walking up there 
And I'm thinking, there's somebody in the house. And I'm not even thinking stranger. I'm thinking a family member. Okay? Yeah. And I'm like, what in the world? And um, I went upstairs. (laughs) Nobody. I checked three bedrooms. There was a bathroom and three bedrooms up there. I checked checked the closets. Nobody. There was nobody up there. Nobody. Nobody. When was the first time? You actually saw the little boy. It was when I came back, and this was, and this is the thing. When I got back to the, that I was coming back. You know, I usually, when I went into the hospital, I would go in through the emergency entrance in the back of the hospital. That's where usually I walk in through, because that's okay. <clears throat> that's where the personnel have all the files on cases like this because the child came in through emergency. Okay, and that's where okay. they have all the medical files, you know, and, and the personnel that they, but you know, if if they're still there, the ones that treated him, but the reports I needed are held in the emergency room. So when I'm walking in, you know, there's that the big, you know, where usually the ambulance will pull in, but it was empty. Yeah. And I'm walking up, and I see a little boy standing outside the those doors that open up and you know by themselves. And I'm seeing this little kid mm-hmm. standing out there, and it's like four in the morning now. And I'm like, what is a little kid doing standing outside? Where are your parents? Exactly. There's a guy next to him, a man. He worked somewhere in the, because I could tell he had scrubs on. And I think he was either talking on the phone or smoking or something. I don't know what he was doing. And I'm thinking to myself, what is this guy not grabbing this kid (laughs) and finding out what's he doing out here? Okay. Right. And by the way, the child was much younger than they portrayed him in the show child was much younger than that oh. yeah okay and, oh, and, oh, that's even yeah and um and it was like what is this kid and i'm walking up and he goes in the thing and i'm following him and i'm like oh i'm not gonna say running but i was like picking up my speed like where's this kid and i'm like and i'm like i'm gonna scold the parents <laughs> like and I'm following him, and I go around. Finally, I come around this um, this corridor that leads. This part, they didn't put exactly what it was. It leads to a little waiting area. Yeah. That's like a little room where people can sit, like if they're waiting from the emergency room. Not the big, there's a big waiting room, but there's another one, which is like a little waiting room. And it's only got one door in. You, if you walk in, you've got to come out the same way, and it, and it's that same hallway. So I turn a corner and I see okay. this kid run in there and I'm no, right behind him. And guess what? When I go in there, there's nobody there. <laughs> oh, it's like. Oh, and that, I, that is so crazy. And he was solid enough that I was thinking that this was a live child. I had thought that he had gotten away right. from his parents. That I was even thinking, man, I wonder if somebody in the emergency room been there an hour, maybe fell asleep and this kid just walked away. And started wandering around. Right, it happens. Right, yes. It happens. And of course, of course. And <clears throat> it was that when that was the know. thing. It was like, and it was no way. If you went into that little waiting area, you can't. You there was no window. There was no other doorway. Uh, you yep. you walked in, and then it just came out into a hallway where there was nowhere else to go. He would, in other words, that was like I had that that moment where it was like this is 
this was this is not a real kid. This was not a real child. Um, right. And oh, listen, we're down to like under two minutes left of the actual show. Okay. I mean, you could we could still keep playing on my live feed. You know what I mean? Um, but no, that's not, if that's you want whatever, to. No, but, whatever, that's fine. No, the show the show itself only has like a minute forty five seconds left. Um, but so but this kid though he actually he did end up leaving. Yes. Now she's yelling at us. I'm sorry, you cut yeah. out a little bit. What was so that? The, yeah, the lady's telling us we have ninety seconds. But the kid ended up leaving though, right? Like yes. Crossing yeah. over, accepting. Yes. Okay, so that was good. Yes. Better watch that haunted hospitals. It was season one, episode twelve. Yeah. All right. So um, go to the Travel Channel and uh, and watch that, and it was really awesome. But I, I gotta, you know, I can't believe that we only have a minute left. This is insane. I didn't even get to lady. You didn't get to talk about your books or anything Don't else. Worry I'm gonna about have to that. have you back on again. Absolutely, It'll be my pleasure. <laughs> uh, Follow her, uh, check her out on social media everywhere, uh, check out her books online, uh, watch back at the beginning of the video because I did list all the books um, in her bio. And, uh, you know, I'm so I'm so thankful that, you know, I get the opportunity to come on this Tuesday and, and do this rescheduled show with you because I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. And we yeah, did kind of get off the beaten path. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I apologize. <laughs> But, you know, I don't do that with many people. I really don't. I'm really pretty structured, but, you know, I think uh, you're, you're a laid-back girl. I like you a lot, and uh, and I thought yes. we could do that, you know? Hi, Tina. So, I mean, I really had a great time talking thank, to you. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for being with me. And um, and I do. I, I hope to have you back on um, at some point. Maybe we can talk some more just about this stuff or your yes. books or Absolutely. anything else coming up. Whatever. You got it. All right. Awesome. All right. So the show officially ended. I didn't even get to do my end thing, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. It just goes. It runs out. We said everything we needed to say. Um, yeah. All right. So I will. I, you know, I I'll let you go. Okay. And um, uh, thank you. And and I do want. You know, I I want to get in touch with you too, though, about the hypnosis a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know. Let me know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's some things, uh, you know. I think I think Bob would benefit from it too. So yeah, well, I want to talk to you about that. But okay. You guys, you know, you you uh, in Facebook land, you know, check her out. Right. All right. So you have a great time, great night, and um, you know, I hope no more hurricanes and bad weather comes no, your way. Absolutely. <laughs> I hope not. Take care. All right. All right. Bye. Bye, Gina. I hope you liked the show. Wasn't she really interesting to talk to? <sighs> All right, guys. I'm going to let you guys go because I'm, like, really, really tired. I already did an interview earlier today, and I'm like... Plus, I just came through a week of possible hurricane preparations. That kind of stresses you out a little bit. So, all right, guys. Thank you all. You're wonderful. Take care. Bye-bye. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one 
best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by root metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks.